0: Okay, good morning everybody, everybody is well We've been talking about this concept of Acting miraculous, being miraculous And we left off with this, with this idea that There's a different way we have to see the world Years ago I was working in a company And in the company, there was a guy who was like training a lot of people. Ex military. You know those dudes? Ex military. Never train with a guy who's ex military. Because ex military, the, the military, the guys who are in the military, they, they like actually train. You know what I'm saying like they're not like training to like run a marathon, which is wonderful. And if you run marathons, God bless you. But like, it's different when like you train to like fight a war. You know, there's a difference. Ex military. And they have no, they have no, they 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 don't buy any of the excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like they they don't care. Especially certain guys in the military. Man, when you start cretching and you start crying and it's too much, they look at you like you out of your own mind. No compassion. They have no compassion. Ex-military. If you have a trainer, ask them their bio. If it includes the military. You got to know what you're getting in for. So I had a guy who was uh, ex-military. And I remember he would, he would, I'd go to the gym in the building downstairs in the company. And for that period of time, it was like, every, from the minute I saw him, I was already in pain. And I remember we, one day just having the conversation about how you grow muscles. Like, how does it work? I remember him explaining it to me. It was pretty cool. The difference between doing six to eight reps to grow muscles, much larger and then the 10 to 12, really to tone. I remember him giving me the principle that I've used more than once. So I asked him once I said, "Well, well how do I know if I, you know, let's say I decide to, you know hit the gym without you?" And I was like already like planning my exit. But of course I'm like trying to get as much as I can. I'm trying to glean as much information as I can from him so that I can do this on my own. And he sort of like picked up on it, obviously. And he's a good guy about it. So he wanted me to like, you know, use my time in the gym wisely. So he's like giving me some this and that, like, you know. So he says to me the following He says, If you're gonna work out on your own Remember that whenever you sit down at a bench, or at a bar, or, that, or at whatever the kicky thing is, you know, like if you go to the gym, it's the same five machines. And whatever amount of reps you do, the last three have to kill. If the last three don't kill, you do not tear the microfibers in your muscles. at the last three kill, then you know at least you've done something. So if you go down to the gym on your own, let's say, and you sit at the, the, the bench press, or you sit at the, that, that chest machine, which, you know, your, your whatever, the, the, the flies, or you sit at whatever the, the leg machines that every single gym has is, and you can get 12 up easy you get up and you keep on walking you didn't do much but when the last 3 of those reps whether you do 8 or 12 or 15 the last 3 kill you can't get them up you're you're, you're not in like excruciating pain but you're you're in in just enough pain when the last 3 kill what's happening is the microfibers in your muscle are being torn And when you are done and you have protein and rest, they grow back stronger. What you're trying to do is you're trying to really rip your microfibers. You're not trying to do more than that. So the whole thing can't kill, but the last three reps have to kill. And in many ways, for a period of time, when I was working in that company years ago, and I would obviously avoid my military friend after a while. Because with him, the last three didn't kill. Everything killed. The entire time. Of which he's like, this this shouldn't hurt. This shouldn't hurt. I mean, it's only 25 pull-ups. Like, that shouldn't hurt. Like, you know those guys? We're only climbing the steps up to the top of the building. Like, that's that, that doesn't hurt. What I... I, I once jogged, you know, 150 miles in Afghanistan, like, right? You know those guys? Like, there's no compassion for the regular dude. So, when I worked out alone, I remember saying to myself, I have one standard. The last three have to kill. And that was my North Star. That's what I had with me. That's the what I used... As a metric to success, and I remember many times sitting at a whatever machine, finishing the the, the set of the reps, and being like, "Oh man, I was too easy. Oh, I got through that. I, I I was soft on myself, and I didn't know what to do. Do I do more? Do I do less? Do I just keep on going?" But I remember being disappointed over over time. I remember being disappointed if I would sit at that thing, that machine, go the distance, and not really feel like it was difficult. Because I remember saying to myself, oh man, did I just waste it? Did I not get to the level of ripping? Did I not now allow my body, when I'm done and recovering, to grow in this particular area? Did I blow it on this machine? So That means I wasted pretty much my time. And then I remember, as I was continuing doing this back then, I can't say it's now, but back then, I remember times where I would get through that rep, that set, and like be like sore afterwards. I'd be pumped. Like feeling of being sore coming out of the gym was like almost like my badge of honor. I don't know if you, anyone could identify with what I'm saying. When you when you work out or when, when I was younger I used to play much more sports, that feeling of being sore as like a sign that you did something. you must have done something because you're sore. Because in the beginning when you get involved in exercise now remember the physical body is just a metaphor to the soul. It's harder for us to see the soul. so the world, is a metaphor. Yeah, that's, that's why, if you notice in the Ten Commandments, the first five are really between man and God. And in the first five is honor your parents. How is that between man and God? It's between man and man. And the answer is that they're a metaphor. Parents are a metaphor for God. They're parents, but they're also a metaphor. And how you treat them and honor them and coming from something. deriving from something, being part, whatever, whatever. There's tons of, uh, of, of explanations to this, but the idea is that you can have things in this world that is a metaphor for that which is deeper than this world. And So much of our body really is a metaphor for our soul. And I remember back then, in the beginning, I was trying to, like, avoid the pain. I would, like, try to, like, you know, I would try to, like, you know, um, Groan in pain when he would have me do something early on knowing that he'd like oh he would think oh maybe this is too hard for him let me lessen it whenever he would ask me to do anything i'm already strategizing how to get him to make me do less and over time my mind started to shift And I started to wait for those moments where those last three started to kill. I started to wait for those moments where I was sore coming out of the gym. I started to ask myself, when you're done with this time that you're giving to working your body out, will you be sufficiently sore? Because if you're not, did you just waste your time? Because over time, when you start to realize... That the pain, not the acute pain, which means you're doing it wrong, but the the appropriate amount of pain and discomfort that takes place after a workout is actually a sign of growth. It's not the detour to success; it's the pathway to success. And as your mind starts to wrap around that, the way I I don't know what will take place. I don't know what muscle will grow. I don't know any. I don't know any of this stuff, but I do know that if I'm not in pain after this workout, I did something wrong. More than that, I have no idea. Muscle combinations. What's a good exercise? What's not? I. I, I don't know. I'm not holding in this. I'm not. Mil, I'm not ex-military. But I know one thing. I got at the end of this thing. I got to be sore. I got to be in some level of pain. I. I it's got to be. I got to like limp, not really limp, but like slowly limp back to my office. If I'm walking briskly back to my office as if nothing happened, I'm not sure if I spent my time wisely. That's how great people feel about being uncomfortable. If you look at people that have accomplished major things in their lives, many times the way they feel about it is that they they also don't really know. They don't really know that that business that they started would take off. They don't really know that the failure of all the things that happened along the way. And most people that have achieved success just failed more, as much or more than other people. They just keep on going. They didn't know that that thing they did that flopped or that thing they said that didn't go well. They didn't know... That apologizing or redoing it or staying up later or thinking about it, the opportunity that came at the wrong time, in which they doubled down and made it work, right? Like the the having to be vulnerable, the having to be kind, all the stuff that makes people great. All the stuff that's the inside stuff. When you're going through it, and you look at the lives of great people when they're when they're living it, they don't really know that that thing is going to lead to the thing leads to the thing leads to the thing right when someone asks for help and you give it to them and you didn't have the time or the energy but you did it and it was hard and it was annoying and you got no thanks for it but it was right you don't really know that that person's aunt is the hiring manager for the company that gives you the job right you know stuff like that or you're just nice here, and that person's related to the person you're dating. Like, you don't know these things. But you know that you, if you study the lives of these people, they sort of know that if they're not sore at the end of the day, that they did something wrong. That when they go to bed at night, if they're not sore, if they're not limping to bed, if they're briskly walking to bed, if they're relaxed and well rested before bedtime, then they must have they're concerned. If it's exhausting to do the things that are sort of like really basic, they're concerned. If they have if the, if it's the same goals year after year, they haven't, you know, lifted more weight, if you will, in life. It's the same lift, it's the same amount of weights. They're concerned. If they've gone through things and the last three are not uncomfortable, they don't kill, they're concerned. They sort of know that what's really the North Star of their lives is am I uncomfortable? Once that becomes what we look for as a metric to the effort that we put into our days, Over time, we don't avoid being uncomfortable. We avoid being comfortable. Because we don't know how our greatness comes out. But it doesn't come out unless we are willing to be uncomfortable. And what happens is we start to shift in our minds our goals and our priorities. Because a lot of times our goals and our priorities are just ways to keep us more comfortable. When we shift it. And now we're looking for ways to be uncomfortable. We're looking for opportunities to become more. Let me just see what, The whole thing changes. I was talking to a friend of mine who's involved in Chabad. And I was just asking like, how did, you know, Chabad... People of Chabad amaze me. Some of them dedicate their lives. They go to far, fun places. I'm like, how do you guys do it? He said, when you're a kid in Chabad... And you go to a street corner to put filling on people, and you're 12 in Washington Square Park. You learn over time that the uncomfortableness is the pathway to the opportunity to share what you believe in. And over time, as a kid, you're not you don't learn how to take; you learn how to give. You learn that this is the process of greatness. That's how that's how you that's how you share. You believe strongly in your traditions, and you want to share it with others. Once you get that, it's not that hard to go move to a community. You're used to being uncomfortable. You're used to doing things for something greater. That's how you measure your success. Once that shift takes place, your life changes. All right, I'll talk about it. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. With God's help, we can't wait to see you again.